Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the 27th episode of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast with your hosts, Brent Hershey and me, Chris Blessing. We've got a great episode for you this week. As always, Brent, how was your week? My week was good overall, Chris. Thanks. Good to be here. Um, uh, sort of a little bit behind the scenes. We got a we're doing some hiring at Baseball HQ, and oh, wow. it's been a big it's been a big uh, job that has taken a while, and we're finally kind of at the uh, at the end, and excited to hopefully wrap that up this week. So that is uh, exciting for me, and uh, but obviously uh, taking a lot of the time, a lot of, a lot of my time also. Um, how was your week? My week was uh, rather okay. I have been busy at my day job, which I mentioned last week. And this week I was even busier. So uh, it was good that I didn't have any live looks, although I hate it not going to Nashville on Friday to see Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rushman. Um, but then again, uh, Adley got called up and we kind of talked a lot about Grayson last year. So it's not yeah. like it's something like I wasn't going to discover anything there. So I'm, I, I just wanted it for the spectacle because you don't usually have two top 10 prospects in no, kind of your backyard. Good. Yeah. Spectacle is good. Yeah. Well, before we get to our live look segment, which we've got three guys that got scouted off of video and a few notes on some other guys as well. We had a bunch of MLB debuts this week. Uh, Rushman was yeah. one of the guys. We're not covering him today, but um, – it seemed like we had five or six of the bigger names, right? Right, Brent? Yes. Uh, within the past week or so, um, uh, Jose Miranda for the uh, Twins and uh, MJ Melendez for the Royals were called up. Um, but then it got uh, really good here over the weekend, I think, when yeah. um, when Royce Lewis, uh, got the call for, by the Twins after uh, Carlos Correa's hand injury. Um, so I, I spent some time over the weekend kind of uh, tracking some of Lewis's at-bats uh, at the major league level uh, just to see uh, what we looked like. Um, of course, it's been a while since Lewis has been on the field. I know we uh, saw him at the 2019 uh, AFL where he um, – I think was the league MVP did some great stuff yeah. out there. Um, he was pretty good out there. I had actually seen him earlier um, a few weeks prior in the um, Southern league. Uh, he oh, was right. playing for Pensacola. So like we got a lot of looks at him between the two of us in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, 2020 was wiped out for the pandemic and then 2021 last year, uh, just of course to recap, I mean, he, uh, tore up his knee in spring training and didn't play at all during the year. Um, pretty major knee injury. Um, so uh, it was it was quite uh, you know kind of surprising. There were some good looks at spring training. Uh, all the reports were good. Um, he went to Triple uh, A right off the get go uh, there in St. Paul and uh, through 24 games, hit 310 with a 430 on base and a 563 slugging, um, you know, had, had three homers and a bunch, of best, a bunch of extra base hits. So it was really, yeah, it was interesting to, uh, to take a look at him this weekend as he came up. Um, one of the things that I noticed or thought about right off the bat is just how different he looked in the box. Um, my earlier recollections and your memory is always better than mine was just that he was a very kind of 
uh, high strung, like twitchy guy. Like there was a lot of movement going on in the box. I think it's, I remember right. Like a pretty high leg kick and sort of almost, uh, you know, a lot of extra hand movement. And because there was some, you know, I think it was us as well as some other places talk about, I mean, just the questions about all that movement, uh, you know, everything has to sync up right. Could he get beat, get beat by velocity? Uh, all that, all that kind of talk. And the player I saw this weekend, I mean, it was a simple setup. He had toned down his uh, leg kick. He looked uh, just overall uh, stronger to me, like uh, his body movements. Um, he didn't lose like the twitchiness or athleticism that he had. And he put together some really strong at bats. I think he went uh, three for seven, something like that with a hit kind of in each of the three games, but uh, he handled velocity. Well, he had several uh, good at bats against uh, AJ puck who was throwing gas twice, I think in back-to-back games up there and he did okay with. Um, and two of his three hits were, um, you know, going kind of with, uh, with pitches to the opposite field. Uh, his first major league hit was a hard single um, to right field and his, Second one, he just missed the home run, took took a, a fastball way out to uh, deep right center and kind of was all high off the scoreboard out there in the uh, yeah, field. Puck, there. Right. Right. Would have been right. Would have been a home run in, in some other parks with a with a, uh, you know, regular size fence. It just was a, uh, you know, it was a really uh, he looked really mature and calm there, not kind of over swinging, not trying to pull everything. Uh, had decent plate discipline uh, from what I could see. And, uh, you know, I came away, you know, really kind of excited with what I saw there. Um, again, most, you know, especially in light of missing all of that, all of that time. Yeah. I mean, and I'm watching some highlights right now. And so when we're talking about the, it was an exaggerated leg kick that he had, and all that movement with his hands tended to uh, kind of cause a bit of a hitch in his swing, uh, in his load. Um, those things are gone, and yeah. it, it's such a, it's more controlled. And so when I saw him in Double A, he was getting to hard contact only really against left-handed hitter uh, pitching um, consistently, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, his big, big hit was against Puck. Uh, but if you looked at it, it was a fastball that was was in the lower um, lower part of the zone, middle, middle but, yeah. but lower. And it was away, yeah. and it was 96 miles per hour, and he just went with the pitch. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he, he – I mean, really and truly didn't get the greatest swing on it. Uh, uh, got to barrel, but, like, you know, it was a linear swing that he, he got to yeah. uh, that ball with. So, like – while his time off was unfortunate, he's come back a better player. And I know, Brent, like, we've seen a lot of guys get hurt and yeah. come back with the same issues, if not even more so. I mean, we're talking about guys, you lose a season with your knee, you end up, you know, that's your power source. And right. that tends to cause guys to struggle. So I think it's very noteworthy that he has gone on to the to the next step in development if that makes sense uh brent uh, and of course this is carlos correa they got fairly good news on him he probably is not going to be out too long so there's a good chance that royce gets uh sent down uh just specifically you know for the reps and stuff but uh has this changed your i don't think it's changed the projection but has it changed the probability of projection for you I think I think it has, yeah. Uh, just you know, just a touch. Don't want to get over excited, overly excited. Uh, you know, off, off of seven major league at bats like that. But um, certainly, you know, again, it's just what you said, like the the control that he showed, and kind of the, I mean, in a, in a way, kind of maturity of being uh, calmer in the box. Um, still, this athletic person. Um, that's going to be able to hopefully make adjustments um, 
uh, you know, longer term, just like we've seen in the short term here. I think it does, it does, you know, edge up his probability a little bit as far as being a, uh, you know, a, a productive uh, mm-hmm. major leaguer. Um, and, uh, you know, he's still, he's still just 22 and, and young. So there's, uh, you know, even if he spends a good bit of time in AAA yet this season, uh, there's still plenty of time for growth there as he gets, um, you know, gets, gets used to major league pitching. And he's still eight bases so far in AAA this year. Uh, so yeah. obviously the knee is not causing too much trouble. He had 17 walks and, and 20 strikeouts and 107 plate appearances. So, uh, and, and hitting tons of doubles. He had 11 doubles in the first month of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Can obviously see how he was called up quickly and, uh, you know, is in the show because of injury, but probably gets sent down and then probably we'll see him again type deal. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully Correa can get healthy and, you know, there's, there's still some maturation there for Royce. Uh, so like, but I'm, I'm telling you this guy, I, I got to interview him alongside uh, Eno Saris. I, I followed Eno around uh, to learn how to interview guys uh, at the Arizona fall league. And it, this guy's a this guy's a student of the game. He's very conscious of his strengths and his weaknesses, and what he needed to improve on, even even as a 20, 20 year old in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah. So, like at twenty three here, this this the sky's the limit for him. I think that this is a future top five, six round type guy. Um, at the very, I, I don't want to say at the very least. Being able to steal bases and hit for high average and 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 occasional pop, um, you know, maybe get up to twenty twenty five home runs. This is a this is a good asset in a fantasy dynasty format. Well, you saw another guy, another big um, debut. And it was a pitcher. Uh, we had talked I, earlier this year about Matt Brash, and Brash had some control issues, which Brent kind of shared them those concerns. Uh, preseason with everybody, uh, and it, it looks like Brash is going to be working out of the pen for the Mariners right. uh, minor league affiliate, which is probably probably the best case scenario at this point. In his place, yeah. number one Mariners pitching prospect George Kirby, who debuted yesterday and was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And when we say yesterday, we're we're recording this on Monday. So Brent, I know that you got to check out that startup. Uh, how, how did he look? Yeah, he looked, uh, he looked really good. I mean, every bit as good as that, uh, great stat line he threw up there. Um, again, it was my first kind of extended look at Kirby. Um, and, uh, you know, it's certainly kind of a skinnier build. I mean, he's tall, but skinnier build, but, uh, boy, the ball comes out fast. I mean, he was, you know, sitting 96, 97. Um, I think one of the most impressive things was how he was kind of spotting his fastball at different parts of the zone. He would go outside to right-handers, then he would bust it in on their hands, um, you know, not leaving many over the middle of the plate, um, moving, using the top of the zone, um, you know, kind of working those edges uh with the fastball. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's notable when you see that many, when you see velocity like that, of course, but also when you see so many swings and misses on, on those pitches on his, on his fastball. Um, it's definitely something I noticed right away in the first inning, um, that, you know, for whatever reason, hitters are having a tough time, uh, picking it up. Uh, obviously they don't have a lot of time to react, uh, to that. Um, but just being able to move it, move it around and get it in under their, uh, hands when he needed to, um, was really impressive. Other main breaking pitch was, uh, 89 to 91 kind of slider that, that moved a lot. He threw it to both right-handers and left-handers. Um, more of a, more of a chase pitch, uh, at this point, but, uh, a pretty good one in, in that sense. Um, also had a slower kind of curveball and used a mid mid eighties uh, changeup as well, but was pretty heavy kind of fastball slider the first time through the lineup anyway. Um, but yeah, just 
being able to get those swings and misses, uh, had a couple singles against him, but they, it was not real uh, much hard contact at all. And just having that ability uh, of a strike thrower like that with being able to command it around the zone um, as, as, well as, uh, as well as get the swings and misses uh, from that stuff, I think was really, was really encouraging. He, you know, it wasn't perfect, uh, ran several three ball counts, but kind of was easy to get back into those and, and even recovered with strikeouts sometimes. Um, first pitch strikes were, uh, you know, kind of hit and miss. I think it was 11 of 21. Um, but uh, overall, uh, really impressive debut from uh, George Kirby. Kirby was this progression, and this speaks uh, highly of the Mariners' uh, farm system and how they've been yeah. developing uh, pitchers lately. So he came into the the organization from Elon, which is a small uh, D1 university in North Carolina, but was more of a, like a command control type guy. You know, his fastball reached 97, but like he sat like low 90s. Uh, but it, he was given like he was a first rounder because he just connected. He was able to command everything and make everything look good. And I actually was going to write him up for uh, this week's article, article actually, uh, because oh, yeah. I was going to go off video. And, uh, and and he very much looked the same way in his major league debut than he looked in this triple-A start uh, that, or double-A start. Uh, but the the thing that I kind of want to really get to was this year so far he hasn't been throwing strikes with his fastball at the at the same high rate as as prior seasons. So it was kind of curious. Yet he still is dominated. Like he's to walk less than um, a batter of nine every you know batter per nine uh, mm-hmm. in a minor league. So like it hasn't really affected him too much. Like being a little bit more wild with the fastball. Uh, I, I, this stuff is just, the stuff can be overwhelming. Um, you know, you've got a uh, fastball that is now kind of a 70 grade pitch, a slider that's definitely a plus pitch, a curveball that's at least average. And I honestly think that the changeup really took a positive direction this year. It's showing a little more fading action. It shows occasional drop. Uh, his last start uh, that I watched in trip or double A, uh, that changeup was really going more so than it was in this start. I think he might have been overthrowing okay. it a bit because of the nerves of major league mm-hmm. debut and that kind of thing. But the dude has double plus command and control. Like this is an ace, in my opinion. What what do you think, Brent? I think uh, I think that that's a possibility. I mean, I, I continue to see the body, and there's like a little bit of kind of herky jerkiness in his delivery, and and it 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 doesn't. Oftentimes, I think about those characteristics, and then you know, controls all over the place. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, limbs and tough to kind of sync up, and here he was. I mean, just repeating everything like that. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I think with the added velocity and the fact that it's, uh, you know, that there's some natural kind of, uh, run to the fastball, um, that, that I do think that there's, uh, you know, kind of number one, number two kind of, uh, ceiling there with those, with those characteristics. Again, thinking about him also as a, as a young player, uh, already having, uh, having this command and swing and miss stuff, um, I think it bodes well for his future. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that you brought him to the table this week. I could see him being in the rotation mostly for the rest of the season if everything works out. Of course, with his pitch, you know, pitch counts and stuff, he might not be last yeah. year. Uh, it was 67 and two thirds innings. So far this year, he's up to about 30. So he probably right. has another 70 innings total in him. We're going to be a little cautious in his full season, his rest of the season projection, and just say that there's a chance that probably 50 to 70 uh, major league innings 
and maybe some minor league innings as well. And let's say the Mariners get to the playoffs, there could be a chance at uh, some additional innings as well. Yeah, so let's move to our live looks. Uh, I know you've got three uh, guys for us to uh, to fill us in on. The first is a uh, an outfielder in the St. Louis organization, uh, Moises Gomez, playing at Double A, I believe. Uh, yes, Springfield. Um, what can you tell us uh, about him? It looks like uh, the pow- he's got some power uh, in that swing. Yeah, and that's something that's always been there. So, like Moises. Gomez. I, I was introduced to him in 2018. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I wrote an Eyes Have It on him or put him into an Eyes Have It article. <laughs> I probably didn't. I wasn't really the biggest fan. But a lot of people within fantasy were, you know, kind of talking about him. He had a really good season at low A, Bowling Green. Lots of bat speed and power. And, and that's kind of what they saw. I, I saw a guy with, with a lot of swing and miss issues, even though uh, it wasn't until the next season, 2019 season, that that really went, you know, that really was a, a huge issue. And mm-hmm. he's had a great year to start out the, this season. Uh, so he was a minor league ba- uh, free agent, uh, has had an absolute lights out start to the 2022 season. Here's the line for you, Brent. 374, 426 on base percentage, 912 <laughs> slugging. we're talking in like 30 something games so like or 24 whatever it is uh uh has struck out only 30 times which is is amazing because i figured that he'd be a 40 to 50 strikeout guy by now um and this has been in 91 at bats and and so why did the rays give up on him uh and it's really easy to see his 2021 line at, at double a in the southern league was bay a of 171 on base percentage 256, slugging 309. So I wanted to kind of look at this guy because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter going, oh my God, look at this breakout. And I am still very skeptical. Um, and, And the reasons for it is maybe it's a little bit of my own bias of not liking this guy in 2018 when other people were... Uh, high on him and I was kind of like okay and saw him popping up in leagues then and now I'm seeing him pop up in leagues now but that don't make sense double a 23 who has a 912 slugging right Brent who who has yeah (laughs) I've never seen a 912 over a month I mean I can't think of another guy like that so looking at him mechanically he has a slight open crouch stance he does this weird thing where he rests his bat at the letters, and when the pitch starts, he moves his head, his hands like just below the ear flap, maybe right at the ear flap and cocked. Um, it's really weird, and sometimes it causes some hitchiness in his load uh, because he doesn't always land at the same place with his hands. So it's even more amazing watching that. I, I'm. I've not seen anything like that before, uh, and I've noticed that while watching him, I noticed some other Cardinals prospects doing kind of similar things. So I don't know if this is a new thing uh, that that they've developed, but he has a slight toe tap. Uh, he gets himself uh, sort of squared up. I mean, he's still a little bit in the bucket uh, once he starts his swing and stuff. Um, yeah. He sells out completely to pull side power. Uh, and See, here's the thing. Early on in the season, he wasn't swinging and missing as much. But like the last week in the games that I watched, uh, he was he was swinging and missing a lot more. It seems like pitchers realize that he's going to chase. So I think that they've stopped throwing him too many pitches in the zone. If you just look at this last week, he has had some struggle because uh, prior to this last week, he was slugging over a thousand. Has this guy changed? Is this just a string of luck or a new skill? Uh, I think it, you know, I went back and looked at some of my 2018 tape, and then I also looked at some 2021 tape from uh, spring training. You have to play a few games that were televised, and it looks a lot different in in respect. His setup is a lot easier. He's getting, uh, he's always been a high, uh, um, like a, a big EV guy when when things are going well. 
uh, yeah. because the bat speed that he's able to generate. I think he has more plate coverage as well. I think he's able to get to the ball on the outside portion of the plate, and uh, I think that's been a big um, success for him so far. But still, I don't see where this guy can keep this. Obviously, can't keep this up. But I don't yeah. see how this approach, uh, specifically this uh, wanting to, like this last week, I think he chased, uh, he had to have a chase rate between 40 and 50%. Like it was, it was pretty hard to watch. Uh, yeah. But like overall, I don't know if this is anything more than a platoon bat, if this is for real. Yeah. Uh, Wrong side of the platoon. He's left field only or DH because he has a noodle arm. Uh, so like, there's not really anywhere else for him. But by God, he yeah. gets lift off the ball, and by God, it just keeps floating and floating. So, um, you know, surprising dude, but I'm I'm still not completely on. If I were writing him up for baseball HQ, I'd probably have him at a seven C. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, to not being as familiar with him uh, as you, the main thing I see kind of in his stat line is these uh, crazy strikeout totals. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of whiffs in his game, and while that may have you know may have tamed it down a little bit here in the first month, it's still uh, you know 30 strikeouts in 24 games, uh, nine walks. So you know, I think I think over the season. Um, I imagine his, you know, batting average on balls and play is pretty high at the moment. I imagine that'll uh, come down and, and uh, yeah, it sounds like a uh, <laughs> kind of a short side of a platoon slugger to me, which, you know, uh, has, has some value, but uh, it's double A and, um, you know, he'll have a couple of years to kind of yeah. uh, prove it. And, and I, you know, and I think the fact also that, that the Rays, uh, you know, let him become a free agent, uh, you know, is a, is a pretty good statement of kind of uh, of their uh, valuation of where he uh, would fit into um, to their plans. So, so okay. when you see a guy that you kind of impede, you know, pro, you know non-prospect or, or maybe put a roll three on up-down type guy, and you're an evaluator, and I, I hear this from scout friends all the time where they, they start fretting when that guy's doing well. Uh, and in this case, Gomez was doing really well. And I reached out to a couple of my scouting contacts just to see if any of them were worried. And uh, it's funny. One of them asked me right away, uh, so does he look different? And I said, he does. He does look different. Uh, is it the different that I'm going to have to explain this for years to come? And I said, I don't. I don't believe so. So, like, this is something, like, when you're evaluating and, and see here, I'll be honest, like, uh, I feel like my accountability as a writer is being able to explain things and be able to talk about it and, and put it, put scouting reports in general terms and that kind of thing. And if yeah. I'm wrong with the evaluation, you know, my, my goal, I, I can just admit to it. A lot of people just can't admit to it or they try to make people forget that they were wrong on somebody. Uh, uh, Major League Scout, and this is where it's different for me and them, it, uh, uh, Major League Org Scout, this is their job and livelihood. So uh, I can understand why they get worried when they see a Moises Gomez do well. I had a friend uh, when Sebi Zavala had a big year. He's like, I, yeah. I put an up-down catcher on him, uh, and he looks like a starting catcher, and his stat line looks like it. And it was like, okay, hold on. Not quite that. Because uh, he doesn't have enough hit, but like you know, you understand that fear because you're going to have to explain that to somebody. And if you have too many of those guys, then you might be you know let go and might have to look for work. So uh, the, the reason why I picked Moises Gomez today is because he gave me that few second fear that oh my god I got somebody wrong. And, uh, I don't think I did, but hey, I might eat my words here and uh, I might have gotten wrong and somebody might point this out sometime next year or the year after that, that I was completely wrong about Moises Gomez from the Cardinals. Yeah. Well, you'll be able to handle it. You, you, you have a maturity that we, we appreciate and you'll, uh, even if that happens, you'll be fine. <laughs> Let's move on to a, uh, another, 
higher profile, let's say, uh, St. Louis prospect. And that's Jordan Walker, who's uh, in double uh, A, kind of a, you know, was a, in some spots was a top 10 uh, sort of uh, player this year off of the great season in 2021. Um, his uh, batting average flash line looks okay, uh, but it's not quite been the power that we expected. What, what say you, Chris, about Jordan Walker? Well, this was uh, me re- revisiting a prospect that I scouted in 2020. Uh, actually, really the only uh, prospect I scouted in 2020 uh, doing my uh, work for the organization that I do every year as a bird dog. Uh, I got to see Walker two games before having a little bit of a minor back surgery and then COVID hit and the uh, I think I might have had the only game action video that the work had on him that year. That's how that's how weird this is. Uh, that year was, and you just didn't know. So uh, that was a good win for me for having that. Uh, but Walker went to Decatur High School, uh, which is in Georgia. Um, it's in the, the metro area, um, and a guy that I'll be honest, I didn't think would get along this quickly. Uh, I didn't see him on his best day uh, back in February 2019, uh, or 2020, February 2020. And I had seen him in February 2019 not look that great either. So like, uh, but it has totally matured completely. And last year, if you watched his highlights, he was hitting the ball hard all the time. And if you had gotten a hold of any of the... um, the data, the StatCast data from uh, Baseball Servant of Low A Southeast, which is the Florida State League now. Thank God we're back to names, Brent. Um, yes. But, but yes, if you got a hold of any of that stat data, I mean, he was impressive. He was maybe one of the most impressive guys in that whole league as an 18-year-old who hadn't made his pro debut yet. So uh, big ups to him. What I saw this year, upright, slightly open uh, um, stance. He also moves before as the ball is uh, being delivered. He all of a sudden bends his knees when the ball is delivered. Uh, he has slight toe tap. tap. Uh, he does step in the bucket a bit. Um, for me, it doesn't really look the most comfortable stance. He's very stiff until he bends his knees. I, I don't know. I don't really like that as a timing mechanism. I think that I'd rather have him in his stance and, you know, maybe do a little bit more of a leg kick or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. He's doing really well this year at making contact, taking walks, even though I think that the walks are a little bit of a, um, no, a little bit inflated because guys just don't want to pitch to him because they're scared of him because he's six foot five and hits the ball hard. Like, like he's not hitting home runs right now and like literally is still scolding the ball. And the reason why he's not hitting the home runs, and this is what I believe and what I see when I scout him, and I think it has something to do with this, you know, standing up still and then getting into his stance, is that he is collapsing his front side when he swings. So what that means, you might have heard that before. I've heard it from, I think I was introduced by Keith Hernandez uh, back in the day announcing on Sports Channel uh, for the Mets. Uh, but it means there's too much bend in his front leg, uh, which is essentially when you're bending in your front leg, when, you, when it's elastic in your front leg, essentially, it's not allowing for the power to transfer to the, to the back side from the front side. Okay. And it, if you notice right now, if you go and find some of the stats other than the home run he hit the other day, uh, it, he's generating a lot of his power from his upper half. Uh, so. It's allowed him to muscle balls. He can muscle balls. I mean, he's one of the strongest uh, strongest minor league players, not just for his young age, but but all together. I mean, 19 years old, which is super strong, turns 20 in a few weeks. But it, it, this is why he is not getting to that power. It's starting to get better. You're seeing, I'm seeing instances while going through some of his video right now while I'm talking to you where he does keep that front side firm. And of course, on that home run, he kept it firm. Uh, but like, it, 
then and even the best hitters, even in the major leagues, like I, I was watching some Eduardo Escobar from the Mets uh, this last weekend against the Phillies. Uh, sorry, they took two or three against Brent's Phillies. Uh, but the Mets, uh, he he's having a power, um, not hitting for power right now. And he's struggling right now with collapse in his front side as well. So, like, this is something that's typical. It's not something that I'm scared about. Now, let's say Jordan Walker goes through the whole season collapsing his front side. Uh, then I guess we worry a little bit about him. But, uh, you know, I, I see power coming, and I see power coming, and it's going to be loud. Plus, he's 19 at this level, maybe trying to do a little too much in the power department, maybe with his swing-type deal. That's why this is happening. But uh, not going to duck him. I think that he is a 9C prospect at this point. With a, I mean, there's potential because the dude actually can run as well, uh, even being 6'5 and stuff. I think that like there could be potential at a 10 rating, which we hardly give out. And like, we've got to be sure for that. Um, but like, it's not quite there yet. And, um, yeah. you know, there's also some concerns specifically against changeups that I saw that he's not really uh, doing well against them, which, uh, you know, uh, 19 years old at a level that you're probably not yeah. used to playing in. Um, he should be in high A this year, to be honest. Though. Yeah. But he dominated, and like this is this is what happens. You did, and the Cardinals are willing to challenge this kid because this kid has reached that challenge every time. Yeah, I mean the thing that I recognize that you mentioned is just the the speed aspect of it. I mean, he does have he is ten for twelve and stolen bases already in this young season. Obviously, as you said, um, getting on base at a four thirty one clip. So that's that's good to see. Um, had fourteen steals. Uh, in 2021 too so I mean I I do think that's pretty promising again at at his age at that level um, with the power that we expect to come if if indeed as you say this is a kind of a temporary blip here um, mechanically or or whatever but um, could be quite a power speed uh, combination player and uh, and a lot of uh, you know a lot of skill and a lot of good things to look forward to um, like you said just as as a 19 year old in double a third guy um is a 2021 draft pick uh second rounder out of the university of virginia he's with oakland uh, third baseman zach geloff um this is somebody that really uh for me too kind of caught me by surprise um at the end of last year realizing what he had done um, just in his half season since being drafted uh, in that second round in 2021. Um, and you got a, a look at him here in some of his triple triple A at bat in the A's system. Uh, what did you find with Zach Geloff? Actually, it's double A. Um, he, he got a taste last year in triple A, mostly because oh. they needed somebody. But he's a double A. He's playing for Midland right now. Um and 2021 second round pick out of Virginia. Obviously, a guy whose bat's more advanced than 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 I guess most anybody in that draft last year that was from the college uh, ranks. Maybe McLean's up there um, having the sort of advanced bat. Maybe Henry Davis, who uh, wrote an article on last week. Uh, but a guy that is just like average across the board with his tool set. And there's above average power in his frame, uh, but likely he won't get to it without a significant approach change. So I'm going to kind of go through this real quick. Hands are cocked back at flaps, uh, uh, lots of wiggle um, in his stance. Uh, it's a closed stance with his knees, uh, knees bent. Um, there's a moderate leg kick with little trigger. As I said, his arms are back at the flaps. Uh, it's a very quick swing. And... Uh, despite being six foot three, it, he has very short, short arms for a six foot three guy. So his swing is very short and compact um, and gets back to contact very easily. Uh, it's a linear swing plane, line drive contact. Um, and we, we kind of talked about this last year when we were talking about Austin Martin uh, at that point with the Blue Jays, now with the, the Twins, and not having the greatest double-A season this year with the Twins' uh, Wichita team. But 
a guy that you're not going to see big power numbers coming to the pull side now. Unlike Martin, he Galloff is getting to the getting to the pull side with contact and not having that issue like he like Martin was last year. Uh, yeah. in, in this case, like he's hit a few home runs, they're all out to center field. Um, yeah, but he's handling velocity like he can he can get around on the 99 mile power fastball and hit a line drive or hard ground ball through the um, five six hole or something like that but you're not seeing the sort of lift uh to the uh pull side you're seeing the lift you're seeing the nice launch angle to center right center field uh and of course we know that that's not necessarily the power field uh for a right-handed batter like Geloff. so uh, you know, the home runs are a little bit tapered. So we're talking about a guy who's likely going to be a third baseman, but probably most likely a utility guy who will get some starts, maybe at second base, some starts in the corner outfielder, outfield positions. I think he's athletic enough. He has enough speed that he wouldn't even be bad in center field for a little bit. I wouldn't put him there full time or anything like that. But he's a guy that I think checks a lot of boxes for a team organization but not as much boxes for a uh, dynasty roster um so like i saw him pretty high and i think i put him pretty high on my own first year player draft that was in mlba this last year my my ranking not my draft um (laughs) but this guy is is pretty much close to a finished product he's also an organization that is more out to give a guy like this starting reps. Not because they're down and they're rebuilding right now, but the A's have always done things differently for the last 20 years. Uh, their development hasn't been great, so it's uh, over the last, I guess, five to seven years, ever since Chapman and Olsen debuted, they were kind of like the last hitters that really have developed into anything. Uh, so... Geloff is a solid average player. Like I would give him watching him a seven, seven B average bat in fantasy with a pretty good chance of getting to that projection. Uh, Again, it's just, if I saw more power uh, in the, in, 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 to the pull side, I would be much higher possibly on him. I'd say he gets 25 to 30 home runs. Like he is that strong of a guy. Uh, It's obvious if you see the balls coming off the bat, but I I wouldn't want to change his approach to get that. I think that he, he can get to balls up and down in the zone. He has great plate coverage. Uh, He's kind of a pest at at the plate. I I know the on-base percentage is not super high compared to the average right now. It may never be that way. Uh, but he's going to see a lot of pitches uh, in in the sense that he's just going to be a pest uh, for pitchers. What do you see? When do you see like him debuting? Is this someone that should probably spend all year at Double A? Will he, they move him up uh, if he if he uh, plays well, kind of mid season? Um, what's what's your time? What's your expected timeline for him? He gets to the major leagues in 2023, but I think he gets to the AAA um, sometime this season. Um, they're not going to want to start his clock uh, the way the A's are. I mean, this is going to be a starter for several years for them, uh, even if it's in a utility role, even if the they they get they become a good team again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this guy's a piece that teams like the Rays love these type of guys. So, like, this yeah. this is a winning player who will get starting reps maybe at several different positions. Yeah, but not kind of be like a cornerstone guy. No. Uh, like some of the others. No, I mean, we we see these guys, these and they're all different types. Uh, you know, Joey Wendell's made a long career being kind of, you know, whatever. Uh, Matt Duffy, yep. of course, Ben Zobris was like the, the superstar version of, of, of a utility guy that could start at several different positions. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Sean Figgins back in the day, like there, there's roles for these sort of guys. I mean, Figgins had some sure. speed too, but like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these guys that just fill these roles on this on on good teams, and and that's kind of what I see in Galloff. Uh, if it doesn't work out with him in Oakland, it will work out on him one of, with one of the smarter teams. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good. Well, thanks for that uh, quick rundown on Zach Geloff, again, um, infielder for the athletics. I know you've got uh, a couple more kind of quick hit guys yeah. for us that, uh, that you've had uh, a look at via video over the past week. What can you, uh, what can you fill us in on a couple of these um, players? Well, I saw a lot of Midland this last week. Uh, JT Ginn, who was acquired in the uh, uh, Mets deal that they had for uh, Chris Bassett, um, has struggled. But the struggles aren't as bad as the stats seem to show. I think he's having some issues trying to trying to work up and down. I think that's that's a lot of it. Um, this is a guy that pretty much primarily threw two seamers last year. And and we did mention in an article this year, I didn't even mention on this podcast, that this guy is a dude that's going to need to find that next level to be able to start the major leagues. And uh, the other A's uh, prospect is Ryan Cusick, who was maybe the second best prospect in the uh, Matt Olson deal. Um with Atlanta and and Cusack's having some issues. He he's getting beat beat around. Uh, and there's always been some a lot of debate whether this guy's a reliever or a starter. I kept him in the starter role for MLBA this year, um, and I was told by a few contacts that I, it was very wishful thinking um, that yeah he was a <laughs> first round pick, but. Um, especially going with the athletics, it's probably more likely that he ends up in the pen. And he's just looked bad so far this year, um, struggling throwing strikes, that kind of thing. Bleeding fastballs too far uh, down. This is a guy that relies on being up in the zone, letting his fastball ride. And he's only a two-pitch pitcher. So, uh, And then the other guys are twins guys. I watched some of their stuff. Uh, Spencer Steele kind of – Steer, Spencer Steer of the um, Twins has kind of some of the Galoff uh, traits. Um, uh, There might be some more power in this frame. It it probably sticks at third base. But again, doesn't have the carry power. Might not necessarily be a guy that you would stash in a dynasty league, but it's a guy that that should be a starting player at some point in his career. I, I just don't know if it is at third base or with the winning team or with the twins, but a guy who's at least a top 15 uh, caliber bat, uh, top 20 um, at, at position. And then Matt Cantorino uh, is a guy that uh, twins fans are especially excited about. And any of the people who see stuff, uh, stuff plus like stats on on minor leaguers are very high on him he hasn't pitched much this year and that's kind of been the case in his professional career so far but fastball is uh, uh city mid 90s uh it's gotten up to 97 slider looks really good um uh, the change up looks solid as well uh and then even throwing a curveball but again it's a it's a guy that hasn't thrown many innings and there's always been a, a a bit of reliever risk with him and it's still a lot of reliever risk because he's not throwing a lot you know and he's also a guy that that high fastball uh, I, I i would say like his stuff's better than josh winder who we we featured last year uh on a episode of the eyes have a podcast uh sure. but but winder has all the has the longevity and also I think it's more suited for starting pitching than, than Cantorino. So I, I would actually at this point with Winder doing as well as he's done so far this year, maybe even put, even though his stuff backs up compared to Cantorino, um, I would put Winder ahead of Cantorino on my prospect list if I was doing a Twins prospect list today. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah, appreciate you <clears throat> doing that extra work for us on these Midland uh, and Wichita players. Um, filling us in on the on the live looks, yeah. and uh, and also, of course, uh, it's always helpful to hear your thoughts on where they fit into kind of uh, fantasy, especially kind of sort of uh, dynasty rosters. Um, I know the listeners appreciate that. I try. I, I I have my niche, and that's that's kind of my niche. So. I tried. Well, anyway, we're going to conclude the show with our where we'll be this week. Brent, I know that you're still working with this hiring process, but uh, you have any chances to get out this week? Possibly later in the week. Um, we'll see how things how things roll. There's uh, 
Louis is playing at um, at Reading, so maybe there's a chance I could head out to there um, later in the week or over the weekend. But nice. still kind of to be determined. Um, what about you, Chris? Well, I'm going to head out. I actually have a short week. My niece, uh, Jessica, is graduating from uh, the University of Georgia with two degrees. Oh, congratulations. Week. Limited week, so I'll head out to AA tomorrow uh, to see some Braves farmhands that we're all pretty familiar with. I'm just going to go for one look uh, and see Michael Harris and whatever pitcher pitches that day. I believe that they're going to face Brandon Williamson tomorrow, but I'm not 100% sure, so could be a pretty big game. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to go over to High A uh, White Sox. They're going to be in town. Um, and I'm wanting to line up one of their arms. I think there's a better than 60% chance I get either Andrew Dahlquist or Sean Burke on Wednesday. So oh. um, I think one of them might actually go tomorrow, which is an 11 o'clock game that I can't make. But if one of one of them goes tomorrow. There's likely that he'll go again on Sunday because of the six-game series, and it might be worth going to see both of them. So I might actually work a third game this week. So busy week. Hopefully I can yeah. get some good views. Hopefully you can get a view or two, and uh, hopefully yeah. the hiring process is over by the end of the week for you. Well, anyway, thank you guys all for joining us this week on the Eyes Have a Podcast. Uh, as always, thank you to uh, the listeners who tune in every week to us. Uh, please spread the word on on our show. Uh, we'd also love to hear from you. You can ask us questions at the eyes have it uh, at baseballhq.com or reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, Brent is at Brent HQ and I'm at C underscore blessing. I think we might do a um an episode soon about, you know, just taking Q and a uh, off the, off the internet, off Twitter. So uh, look for that. Um, we might uh, do that. Do you think that would be a good idea, Brian? Yeah. I think that if we get that, uh, could get some good questions. That would be uh that would be a fun sort of mailbag show to do for sure. Yeah. It might be not this week, but next week since uh, again, I won't have any baseball to go watch, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Uh, if this is the first time listening to our pod, click subscribe to get our future episodes. And if this is your first time, please spread the word. I know that people are kind of, uh, we don't want to share secrets with other fantasy managers, but there's plenty of people you know that aren't in leagues that you're in. Please share this to them. Spread the word. Uh, until next time, see you later.